This is ASI, Attitudes of Sexual Integrity. Made a wrong turn once or twice. My name is Russ Shaw. Dug my way out, blood and fire. This is episode 118. Bad decisions, that's alright. Valentine's Day Aftermath. Welcome to my silly life. Mistreated, this place misunderstood. Miss, no, it's all good. It didn't slow me down. Mistaken, always second guessing. Underestimated, look, I'm still around. Pretty, pretty, please, don't you Day and theft. This is the Eight Commandments series of shows on the ASI podcast. I got a friend who uh, says that, you know, Valentine's Day is one of them commercial holidays. I just choose not to participate, you know. I just want to be spontaneous and love my wife and do things that way because I think Valentine's Day is a ripoff. <laughs> okay, it's a great segue into the Eighth Commandment. Right? It's kind of a something that the hallmark holiday that corporate people sat in a meeting somewhere and said, hey, let's sell people junk and make that love. And, I mean, you can choose to look at Valentine's Day that way, I suppose. Um, it just depends on the person. I love Jesus and I despise self-righteous, just cold religion. Okay? Talked about that a lot in the show. And this commandment, and my friend bringing this up and really had me thinking about Proverbs 5 and how, you know, this short perception span that we have and how we view our worldview when it comes to love. Okay? How are we going to view love? Because I love that song, because Pink in that song, and this song is like in the top ten right now, it's playing on the radio a lot, um, it, it, it collides with the heart. I mean, we feel like we have to be effing perfect. Do, ladies, are you feeling like you have to be effing perfect for your man? Um, religion, the, the big message of religion is, you know, do these things, get right with God, you know, present yourself to God like this, then you, then God will accept you when you're effing perfect? Is that the message? Is that God? Seriously. Do you think that? I'm here to clear up a little uh, theology today because, you know, our worldview of God really does drive how we, how our heart is, our, our view of love, how we define love. So, uh, the rest of the show will be recorded in the studio. Also, if you go to the website, asi247.org, working on uh, some video. So there's some video of me up there in the studio. So you get to see my, my lavish um, studio where I record the podcast here when I'm in studio. So, uh, yeah, asi247.org if you want to, I don't know, put a face to the voice and see me on video, talking head right there. Um, you can do that. And introducing video to the ASI uh, website that still needs a lot of work but in due time my friends um, in due time uh, donations are accepted on the website as well so because it takes money to do these things 
Uh, here's some more of that pink tune. feel like that guys just trying to be perfect what does that look like you know um, trying to think and be mindful of of your spouse and this is a this is a message I wanted to do for couples for the married folks for the guys gals who are listening I know most of you are men um, and a lot of you are married and this is my message to you and here's what it's like taking relationship advice from a from a guy who's ruined everything okay and that's why I part of the reason I do this show okay like I didn't have a me and, and I, I want to be that for, for folks and I want to want you to understand that I know where you're coming from a bit right my, my life hasn't been rosy peaches um, didn't get dealt the best hand so to speak, um, I ruined and burned down everything and trying to pick up the pieces and that's where I am trying to give you advice from. Um, this is sanctification, right? This is uh, part of the process. What do you do when you weren't raised in a in a, a decent, you know, normal, I don't know if that's normal even anymore, um, right? Mom and dad living under the same roof. I almost envy that in some men, um, knowing how to be husband, knowing how to be father, right? My, my mom got married a, a couple of different times after the divorce to my dad. Um, my dad remarried. Uh, I just, I don't have a good, I didn't have a good um, role model image to, to learn how to do marriage and relationship with my wife in a healthy way. So really pressing and really asking God and, and pressing into the Bible and being in Christian community around men who haven't burned anything down and I wanted to share with you some of the things that I've learned because that's always been my thing with advice from people and it's great that there's great men who you know again haven't ruined everything but it's hard for me to relate to them right um, and hopefully that's where I'm I'm gonna give you advice from Okay, because I would see people who had the good life, who would give me advice about you know their marriage and their wife, and it's easy for them to say because their wives aren't married to a you know former compulsive porn addict, adulterer, um, anger freaking yelling freak, right? So how do you how do you gain trust? How do you love your spouse after the aftermath? Okay, hopefully that's the perspective that I bring here today with my um, relationship advice for you. 
marriage. Here's my marital advice to you, to you men, especially. And this is my continuation in Proverbs 5 from the last episode, which I encourage you to listen to. And if you're single, man, listen. Still listen. Still be mindful. Still listen to, to these words. Again, not because I'm an expert, but I'm someone who cares. And I'm someone who's been through a lot of just trash, all right? Some trashed relationships, some messed up stuff. So listen to words of wisdom. As I read from uh, Proverbs 5, from King Solomon, this is a continuation, starting in verse 15. Drink water from your own cistern, flowing water from your own well. Should your springs be scattered abroad, streams of water in the streets, let them be for yourself alone and not for strangers with you. Let your fountain be blessed and rejoice in the wife of your youth. A loving deer, a graceful doe, let her breasts fill you at all times with delight. Be intoxicated always in her love. Um, those verses are, are awesome, 15 through 19. I love this analogy he's doing of using sexuality as as water, right? As life-giving water, as drinking life-giving water. And this is a my advice to a lot of men who look at their sexuality, look at having orgasms, look at their day-by-day life and their sexual appetites and their sexual freedom or, or whatever it is, and and they see it as as drinking water, as thirst. King Solomon's going to go into that. He's going to say that here. What should I be satisfied in? And he's saying, your wife. Be satisfied in the wife of your youth. And I've talked about this before, and it's very controversial. (laughs) I've learned that masturbation inside of marriage, I believe is sin. All right? Now, I don't... I don't have a big grounds for that. Now, I know that there's certain, right, isolated cases where, you know, medical conditions and stuff like that can happen. Um, I'm just talking, generally speaking, I'm talking about hoarding your your water, right, sexually speaking. Um, this report by the Janus Research Group that I talked about in, in some of the earlier shows is Janus Research. Janus, like the the Greek god that was named after January. If you look it up on online, a um, lot of information on there about sexuality and and guys who you know struggling with having to take the blue pill right in their older days in the 50s and 60s and why did in 40s 30s even why did guys get to these places and you know premature ejaculation and stuff like that and really learning these habits of of having an orgasm in three minutes you know you do that over and over again for years because you're drinking out of you know you're just having little hits of water not saving up like you know investment like saving that sexual energy for your wife and just you know, can't you know can't keep it up after a even the first orgasm or after three minutes or five minutes they prematurely ejaculate and, and then it's over and it's just it's wrecking your sexual life in the future and there's research on this right now, I'm not saying all masturbation is bad for single guys. It really depends on what's going through your mind and what's going through your head, and I've talked about that a lot before. I don't know how you can masturbate without um, pornography running through your mind. I mean, you've got to get that stuff out of your head. I do want to be careful because religion, 
Um, religious people love to make up rules that aren't in the Bible, so I need to be mindful of what's in the Bible and be good at interpreting the Bible and understanding that uh, is all masturbation bad? If you're married, abso-freaking-lutely. Because that energy you're saving for who? It's, it's like hoarding, right? Sexual energy. Keep it for your wife. Keep it for the wife of your youth. Don't just spill it out all over your freaking Kleenex in the bathroom or, God forbid, in front of the computer screen and the porno images that are all over the place. You're just scattering, like he says, the springs. I mean, and he's saying this to be for yourself, right? Like, this is good for you. Verse 17, Proverbs 5, let them be for yourself alone and not for strangers with you. Save that cup of, of water, that sexual energy for your spouse. Save it up for her. Love her and come together. Save, if you have to go a week, two weeks, learn how to do that. Learn how to get some impulse control, right? Overcoming your compulsion. And I, you know, I've been through that as well. You get through that and you learn to save up sexual energy. And you learn to love your wife with your sexuality. And that's exactly what he's talking about here with this metaphor. Um, verse 20. Why should you be intoxicated, my son, with a forbidden woman and embrace the bosom of an adulteress? For a man's ways are before the eyes of the Lord. He ponders all his past. God's watching you, right? God has a path set out for you. God loves you. Anyway, verse 22, the iniquities of the wicked ensnare him, and he is held fast in the cords of his sin. This is a Old Testament, going back to the Old Testament um, reference to addiction. I mean, the fact that King Solomon had this wisdom, and he, and he asked God for it, and God gave it to him, and he talks about the cords of sin, right? Um, Dennis Waitley, who's a, a coach, one of the guys who kind of started the whole life coaching thing back in the you know, 70s, early 80s. He's a coach. He was a, you know, the psychology of winning, right? He, he uh, coached astronauts and Olympic athletes, and, I mean, just awesome guy I'm a great motivator and he talked about the the these chords right the chords that King Solomon's talking about here about how it turns into it's a cord at first and then it turns into a, like a spider web going back and forth and turns into a cable that's behaviors that you know we keep going back and forth in right the sin when this Addiction, sexual addiction being addressed here in Proverbs 5 is profound. All right? It is addictive. Masturbation is addictive. It is. Even if you're single, you're masturbating once, twice, three times a week, you got to have that every week. You got to have it in four, three, five minutes. Um, it's not good for you. Even as single people, man, I know that there's stuff going on. You have to. Do you have to masturbate? I mean, ask yourself that. Learning how to save up that sexual energy for the wife that you love. 
And again, at verse 23, he's going to say, He dies for lack of discipline, and because of his great folly, he's led astray. These are the thoughts, the snowballs that roll down the hills. Masturbation um, starts in the mind, starts with lust most of the time. Right? It's not just some biological urge that needs to be satisfied. It starts with lust. And it starts with a snowball rolling down the hill. And you, you've you got to learn how to control your thoughts. Love your wife in snuffing out thoughts of other women. You know, thirsting for things that are on the shelf that aren't her. Pastor Mark had a great uh, analogy with the, the book of Genesis that Adam and Eve only knew each other, right? There was no other object of beauty for them because they had each other and that's all they had and that's all they needed. He looked at her, she looked at him, and it was beautiful. That person is beautiful. And God says, be fruitful and multiply, right? The cultural mandate puts him naked in the garden, tells him to be fruitful and multiply. All right? God's not hung up on sex. He's not looking at it like it's a dirty thing. But can you guys, and this is controversial as well, can you guys look at your wife as the object of beauty? Learn that as a discipline. Learn how to look at her, love her, be captivated with your wife. All right? James Eldridge, that book, Captivating, is a beautiful, great start. But I'm going to talk about how to do some of that in this show. How to look at her as captivating. Because she's not perfect, right? Like that pink song I played at the beginning of the show. Your wife feels like that, guys. She's not perfect. Frustration of feeling like you have to be effing perfect, right? Truth. God's making new in our hearts, right? Asking, like I talked about in the last few shows ago, asking God to change you from the inside out, being prompted by the Holy Spirit to act and to worship Him in your thoughts and in your actions and what you choose to do day by day. First Thessalonians um, chapter 4, this is, starts in verse 3, For this is the will of God, your sanctification, that you will abstain from sexual immorality, that each one of you know how to control his own body in holiness and honor, not in the passions of lust, like the Gentiles who do not know God, that no one transgress and be wrong his brother in this matter, because the Lord is an avenger of all these things, as we told you before, and solemnly warned you, for God has not called us to impurity, but in holiness. Therefore, whoever disregards this, disregards not man, but God, who gives his Holy Spirit to you. Right? It's part of the grieving the Holy Spirit, feeling the Holy Spirit move in you. Right? Not with worldly guilt, feeling bad and horrible and, you know, that leads to death, but with conviction that what you're doing is wrong and you need to change. All right? Proverbs 5. This is from the message. I love this. It's different. Um, the message Bible, the way it's worded here is great. Your spring of water is for you and you only, not to be passed around among strangers. It's your sexual energy, the gift that God gave you. Blessed is your fresh, free-flowing fountain. 
Enjoy the wife you married as a young man, lovely as an angel, beautiful as a rose. Don't ever quit taking delight in her body. Never take her love for granted. Why would you trade enduring intimacies for cheap thrills with a whore or a dalliance with a promiscuous stranger? Let me pause a second here. Um, can we stop with the, uh, I'm just looking, right? And we justify that and say, well, I'm just looking. It doesn't hurt to look. You hear guys say that. I'm not dead. What is that? So you drink in another woman and you say that and you say, oh, well, uh, you know, I'm just looking. I just want to enjoy the beauty of another woman. Why? Is it well with you? to enjoy the beauty of another woman who's not your wife, men. Okay? And here's another thing. Are you going to let, like, Valentine's Day, my friend talking about Valentine's Day as this kind of superficial little holiday and, you know, slapping a uh, marketing on love. Are you going to let people, I mean, like this show Mad Men that's popular on uh, right now, big, you know, talking, it's, a, it's all about these ad men in the 60s and how sex sells. It's been going on for a long time and marketing is putting the, you up, putting this woman in your view and saying that is the object of beauty. Buy this, buy that. Here's a woman who works out and is athletic and she looks like this and her hair's like that and she's got boobs like this and firm over here and, and we're going to sell you that and you guys buy it hook, line and sinker shoveled up in your face and you're eating out of that superficial attitude of love and of beauty. Man, I've been really convicted by this that we are a nation of robots and sheep sexually as men. Look at her. Whoa. She's a head turner. Why is she head turner? Because you bought some guys, you know, ripping you off Valentine's Day. This is the object of beauty. Buy a new Chevrolet. Seriously. Think about it. Where did you get your object of beauty from? Conformity and culture. Am I not right? Again, men, what if you made your wife your object of beauty? I mean, the, the, this effing perfect body style that's supposed to be for females in the culture is destructive. It's hurting people. And as Christian men who are supposed to push back what's dark and evil in the world, what if we changed our minds about what's physically attractive? What's beautiful? What if your wife became your object of beauty? Like Adam and Eve. He had Eve. That's what he had. Object of beauty. Eve. There was no marketing firm trying to sell him whatever and putting up a body style, body style, body style. Is it, is it any wonder why women feel like they have to be effing perfect? Seriously. But this is, you know, where are you spending that energy? Again, be mindful of what's running through your mind. Men, not masturbating and saving your sexual energy for your wife. Single men, 
you're you're learning how to like money, right? Treasure a woman and love her by not jerking off all the time and being compulsive with your body. First Peter chapter three. This starts in verse seven. Husbands, in the same way, be considerate as you live with your wives and treat them with respect, as the weaker partner and heirs with you in the gracious gift of life. Now, for women listening, all right, it's not saying you're we're better than you. All right, this is not chauvinism. Um, he's talking about porcelain, like a rose, like a beautiful rose, like a a vessel that it can be easily cracked or broken. And men can do that with their words, right? Gary Smalley had this great metaphor where, you know, guys can talk to one another and it's like a, a rock or a pebble being thrown at them. You know, you say some of those same words you say to your buddies, to your girl, it's like a boulder falling on their foot, all right? Painful. Men and women aren't alike. We have different reactions emotionally. He's touching on this here. Love your wives. Be considerate emotionally to them. Learn how to talk to a woman. Share with a woman. Right? Intimacy with your mind. Not being a boulder. Not being like treating her like one of the guys. Anyhow. So that nothing will hinder your prayers. All right, Peter's actually saying here that if you treat your wife like crap, you don't give grace to your wife, you receive free grace from God, but you don't give it to your wife, it will hinder your prayers. He's saying that right here. All right? So that nothing will hinder your prayers. Finally, all of you, live in harmony with one another. Be sympathetic. Love as brothers. Be compassionate and humble. Do not repay evil with evil or insult with insult, but with blessing, because you were called so that you may inherit a blessing. God wants good for us, right? This is blessing. This is about treasure. This is about getting treasure. This is one of the promises is promises is <laughs> sorry it's one of the promises of god treasure in grace and love right this is um, proverbs 23 verse 7 as a man thinks in his heart so is he right where your treasure is your heart will be also okay that's matthew 6 i believe Proverbs 23, um, this is from the message, uh, 6 through 8. Don't accept a meal from a tightwad. Don't expect anything special. He, he'll be as stingy with you as he is with himself. He'll say, eat, drink, but won't mean a word of it. His miserly serving will turn your stomach when you realize the meal's a sham. I love that version from the message um, of of. Proverbs 23, 7, all right? This is treasure. Where it's, like, it's like hoarding emotionally. And a lot of guys have this, this judgmental heart, this, you know, looking at her like she's supposed to give to you. Everyone's supposed to serve me. Repenting of that. Because we're being blood-bought Christians, realizing that, you know, Romans 5, 8, God demonstrates his love for us, in this, while we were yet sinners, Christ died for us. All right? Don't be an emotional hoarder. 
Look, God is a generous God. God gave. So learn to give. Be a mediator instead of a judge with your wife, all right? Love her as a mediator in your conflicts and not a judge. Judging her, withdrawing back to, you know, spending that water on yourself. It's where it goes. I don't know why that intimacy goes to that sexual uh, water, okay? Appetite, drinking, hoarding, but it does. Romans 2.4 Or do you show contempt for the riches of kindness and tolerance and patience, not realizing that God's kindness leads you to repentance? Right? It's God's kindness that leads us to repentance. Not begrudging submission. Not shoulds and ought tos being forced and piled upon you. It's His love and kindness. Can we love our wives like that, guys? Can we love our wives like that? This is convicting for me as well. I judge sometimes, and it's a habit I'm breaking, and the Holy Spirit's breaking and convicting me of. I'm learning how to do this. It's taking painful amounts of time. Learning to repent of being a judge and learning to love my wife as a mediator. Um, Verse 5, Romans 2, But because of your stubbornness and your unrepentant heart, you are storing up wrath against yourself for the day of God's wrath, when His righteous judgment will be revealed. God will give to each person according to what He has done. All right? You give grace, you get grace. We, we love God. It's like the, the man that Jesus tells the story about the man who, who's let out of debtor's prison for owing a million dollars. And as soon as he gets out of debtor's prison, he runs up to the guy who owes him five bucks and grabs him by the collar. You're going to pay me. I mean, do we really think that God is that naive and, you know, when we have that kind of heart? Seriously, guys, how do you view your wives? How do you view grace? This is why I'm a Christian. All right, This is part of learning the theology of relationships and loving my wife as, as a Christian because I've been blood-bought. It's not about my behavior. It's not about her being perfect, guys. Do you expect that? Do you expect it? Question. And don't be an emotional hoarder sitting on your throne of judgment. Give grace as it's been given to you. Ephesians 5.25, I've talked about that a lot in this show. Husbands, love your wives as Christ loved the church and gave himself up for her, that he might sanctify her, having cleansed her with the washing of water with the word. That's the Bible, the words of the Bible. Um, So he might present the church to himself in splendor without spot or wrinkle or any such thing that she may be holy and presented without blemish right your wife wearing white on her wedding day whether her behavior was white whether she's a virgin or not she's wearing white on her wedding day because Jesus covers her with his blood when you can see your wife right guys as covered with the blood of Christ and realizing that that kind of like the pointer on your GPS system, right? The top of it, the point of it being God and each corner being one being you, one being her, you're following God and you're coming closer to one another. 
are you following God, guys? Are you are you followable? Right? Are you a good leader? Proverbs thirty one twenty three. Her husband is respected at the city gate where he takes a seat among the elders of the land. I love that verse, and it ends the Proverbs thirty one. A lot of you Christian women, or a lot of Christian women, hear this Proverbs thirty one wife. You know, I heard this guy talking about, oh, I'm looking for a P thirty one. You know, a single guy looking for the P thirty one woman who's perfect. Like, what, dude? What are you thinking? You're just gonna marry that? Right, you're you're gonna find the the Mercedes Benz of women that that's not the fixer upper that doesn't need work. I mean, that doesn't exist. All women need work. All right, all women need help. And this is this verse is talking about the guy who's cultivated his wife. All right, the guy who's cultivated and loved his wife. All right, he's responding to her. He's esteeming his wife in Proverbs 31. He's loving her by pointing out the good things that she's done. And he's respected because he's cultivated this woman. I hate that religious message to women that you have to be perfect somehow to get a man. This is the woman that's been loved and cultivated because she's not perfect, because he loves her like Christ loves the church and gives himself up for her and invests in her. And this is very, very convicting to me because I've not done that with my wife. And I, I was such a jerk and a disaster for so many years, so closed up, so withdrawn, so emotionally hoarding and selfish. I love my wife. Man, Valentine's Day is... I, I love my wife. I just loved her for Valentine's Day. I had a little... I'm not going to go into it, but I did, you know, an event for my wife. We don't have a lot of money. We're busted, broke. But I, I, I'm learning to love her better. I'm better than I was. Philippians 2.5 Your attitude should be the same as that of Christ, who being in very nature of God, did not consider equality with God something to be grasped, but made himself nothing, taking the very nature of a servant, being made in human likeness, and being found as the appearance of man. He humbled himself and became obedient to death, even on a cross." Again, guys, loving your wife like Christ loved the church and gave himself up for her. It's going to be painful sometimes. It's going to hurt. You're going to want to quit. I don't want to give grace. I want to run. I want to be mad. I want to be angry. You hit her, guys. Have you done that? that? That is horrible. That is assault, and you need help. If you're not getting help for that, you're not loving your wife. You need help. You raise your hand against your bride, you need help, man. And you need it now. Alright? Knock it off. Don't try and just, oh, I'm never going to do that again. You have a habit. Then you got to get some help with that. Now. Alright? Now. Make an appointment. Push pause on your device and however you're listening to me right now. You've slapped or hit or kicked your spouse, man. You need help now. Hit pause the freaking button on your iPhone or however you're listening to me. Make an appointment. Look something up. Get some help right now. 
All right. Now that you did that, all right. But I, I laugh because it's so obvious. You should know that. We should know these things, but we we're so blind sometimes, man. You need someone to yell at you. I love you enough to to yell at you. Exodus uh, eighteen four. My father's God was my helper. He saved me from the sword of Pharaoh. Um, that song by Pink. Right, effing perfect. I feel like I could be effing perfect. What if she had a husband that she could say these verses to? Right, not that she's being an idolater and worshiping God and thinking that he's supposed to be God because he's not. He's not perfect. But what if her heart could rest in, in some of these verses, looking at her husband as, as someone who's cultivating her heart? Psalm 75, yet I am poor, I am needy. Come quickly to me, O God. You are my helper and my deliverer. O Lord, do not delay. I love that. Does she want you? Emotionally, guys? And you got some work to do. I got some work to do. Still. Psalms 121, uh, verse 2, my help comes from the Lord, the maker of heaven and earth. Right? Does she look? If we're going to be like Jesus, if we're going to follow Jesus, can she look to you and say, He's my helper and He's going to help me? Can she trust in you? <clears throat> I, I talked to a, a guy at Mars Hill, Justin Holcomb, who will be on the next episode, the next show, and we're going to be talking about a pretty intense subject, which is the reality of sexual assault. And uh, he had a great metaphor. He said, love your wife and, and, and look at her kind of like the horse whisper, right? And th this was just a great analogy. In the movie, The Horse Whisper, um, there's a scene where um, Robert Redford is, is in this field with his horse that's wild and crazy and needs help and, you know, been traumatized or whatever. And he's standing in this field with his hand open and, and some oats in his hand. And he just stands there. And he waits for the horse, and it runs around, and it comes up, and it's looking at him, and it runs off. And it comes up, and it circles around him a few times, and it runs up, and it runs off. And he patiently, humbly stands there with his hand open, waiting for her to, to eat out of his hand. Can we... Love our wives like that, guys. When she's yelling, when she's freaking out, when she's the riot girl, right? That good Charlotte song. Can we love her like Jesus has loved us? Like God demonstrates his love. Being patient. Working with us. Loving us. Holding the free hand of grace out for us to eat out of. Can we give grace to our wives and love them like that? And then after, you know, in the movie, God knows how many hours he's standing there like that, the horse finally comes up and, and eats out of his hand, you know? I love that scene. Grace and love, hand in hand, man. Love bears all things. Love hopes all things. Love endures 
the running around and the circling and the heavy breathing and the scariness. Love never fails. Grace never fails. Lord Jesus, I thank you for for these listeners. I thank you for these men who are listening who will take up the challenge, I pray, after hearing this episode. Help me, Lord Jesus. Help me. Give me your Holy Spirit. Help me change and grow in these ways. I've messed up everything. Help me work with my wife. Please, Lord Jesus, give her the Holy Spirit and help her trust to, to eat out of my hand. Thank you for all the blessings you've given me and all the grace you've given me. I thank you for these listeners and I pray your Holy Spirit and your influence in their lives. I love you, Lord Jesus, and I thank you for your grace and mercy. In Jesus' name, amen. Thanks again for listening. Um, Again, my name is Russ Shaw. The email address is russ at asi247.org. So is the website. If you'd like to give a donation, invest in the show, um, it is uh, on the website there. Or you can mail something to uh, a check or something or clean out the seats in your, your couch and put all that in an envelope and send it to Russ Shaw, P.O. Box 13324. Everett, Washington, 98206. Um, Again, spending and hoarding, it's not just about money, it's about our heart. It's about our relationship with God. Our generous, giving, loving, patient, slow to anger God. I love you guys. Think about this song. Think about your wives. Married guys, love them. Single guys, think about your future wives. You're not going to find perfect P31. There is no such thing. Sorry. (laughs) We're all a mess. All the ladies out there need help. They need Jesus, and they need a man to love them as well. Final thought. Men, love your wives as Christ loved the church. Gave himself up for her. Change your definition of perfect, right? I know there's an expletive in that song. I put it, that song, in this episode for a reason. Effing perfect. Real perfect? Real perfect is the fact that we're covered by the blood of Christ. Like a bride dressed in white, Jesus sees us holy and covered by the blood of his perfect son that makes us perfect in God's eyes we're perfect in God's eyes because of what Jesus did on the cross how are you going to respond men how are you going to view your wife how are you going to present her to you as Jesus does with us and praying that asking God to help us with that because God sees us as dressed in white white linens 
and heaven we will be dressed in because we're covered by the blood of Christ and we're called saints. And that's perfect. Love you guys. Till next time. Bye. That is pink. Um, at the conclusion of this uh, episode, I wanted to say um, you can go to the website, asi247.org, click on the music tab, and you can download any of the songs there in their entirety. I don't get paid a dime for that, by the way. Um, I think there's one album on there from Amazon I would get a small, tiny commission on. But other than that, um, all the iTunes links are... are I, I don't get paid for any of that. So this is a promotional deal to promote the songs that I play on the show. Um... I wanted to leave you with one more song by a band called the Green River Ordinance, and the song is called Learning. It has everything to do with uh, what I talked about in this episode. And I also wanted to uh, make an announcement that um, on the website, asi247.org, if you scroll down to the area for blogging, um, I have my YouTube page available there. Uh, and you can click on there and you can actually blog about, talk about, ask questions about the um, YouTube videos that I have up that are sexual integrity coaching. Um, I'd like to start coaching folks using the internet to do that and depending on your conscience using YouTube to do that as well. You just have to be honest about where you're at with uh, clicking on videos in, in your current state. If, if you're in the compulsive parts of your behavior, you may want to stay away from YouTube. I understand that. Um, but it's getting to the point where you can trust yourself with technology because it is a part of our everyday lives. Um, I love you guys. Till next time, this is the Green River Ordinance. Links are on the website. Bye. If I could be just what you need, maybe we'd be better off. Different lives and different dreams calling out from underneath Eighth, I'll be alright Oh, 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 I If I could turn this cold round Only drive into the flames oh,